Well, that was one heck of a roller coaster of a game, and unfortunately, it's kind of like when we used to play Roller Coaster Tycoon as kids, and you just didn't quite finish the coaster, and you put people on it anyway. <laughs> we all flew off at the end as DC United uh. failed, <laughs> unfortunately, to get the three points tonight, or really anything in Foxborough, but man that hurts right i mean other results mostly went the black and reds way tonight with the exception of uh yeah i guess the the chicago game yesterday you know they they could have dropped more points and they ended up drawing um but they're still very much in this and and we're going to talk through all the playoff permutations here in just a few minutes as we welcome you in live to tried and true the dc united post game podcast presented by heineken Uh, i'm john lee joined this week by sam kastner and joshua morgan Michael Black's on hiatus this week, uh, so we got the three of us. And Sam, how you how you holding up? I tried. But, I mean, John's back on the board. This week <laughs> oh man! Just immediately mutes me. I don't know. <laughs> it's in preparation for the Leeds Leicester game tomorrow. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> um, I wish that this were a game that I could have just been really excited about the effort that we put in, right? Because like. I mean, it was unfortunate that we went down. Um, we'll definitely talk in detail about that that happening, us blowing that two-goal lead, but I felt like we fought back. Like, this is a game I wish we could have been like, oh, but we played pretty decently and on to the next, and we just don't have that luxury, and it's I think just, that's yeah, the hardest one part next for me right game, now. Right? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, this, almost any other season would have been like, what a bummer, but what a game. Let's all go to the bar, and then we'll just look forward to the next one. But now it's... It's just, I mean, it was it was so do or die, and we'll get into the playoff implications because yeah. I, I think we can still maybe squeak our way in, but the, we can. This we're did we're not, not eliminated, and and the 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 crazy thing, if Michael were here, we would be we'd be normally he would be saying, you know, good things happen when you score, and and I think the the most heartbreaking part tonight is, I mean, this is the first game all season, game twenty two, yep. where DC United scored three goals. And yet they conceded four. And, I mean, look, back line was, I don't know, the uh, yeah. double-digit choice back line when you look at this <laughs> roster. Um, Which we'll get into. But, like, I think both of you at some at points during the game when there were defensive errors were kind of like, how bad is Schoberg that he's still not getting the shout right now? I, it's inexplicable to me. Yeah. I mean, Russell Knauss put in a great shift in Atlanta. In, in the center back role. And, and I'm, it's it's not surprising that he, he got another start there given the ridiculousness of Briant being suspended and, and obviously Burnbaum being hurt. Pines had another good game in my opinion. But um, Do you yeah, know how, how does like... the proper center back not start, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that Russell had a, a fine game if you take out his two errors. Obviously, those were very glaring. Um, but I think you have to keep in mind yeah. that he's out of his position. Yeah. Um, and I think he had some really important tackles. Um, just the, the, I mean, those two were such major errors that it's it's hard to cut him any slack right now. Um, but I, I do just want to remember that this is not the his position. It's tough. Uh, and people are talking about where do we need to improve next year and and. We have three decent center backs. I think Pines is now a decent center back in this league. Burmaum is still there. Briant is getting older. We probably need to find someone to replace him. But I, I would love to see Pines and, and Burmaum starting next season. Yeah. Do we bring someone up that's, that's going to be a backup for them? I, I don't know how that works. And 
I, I, th- I think we owe Pines a start, and, and oh, Bob Baum's yeah. given us so, so much for so many years. I don't think he's out the pasture yet. I'm at the point now, and I know this is such a cop-out, but when I hear that question of where do we need to improve, health is where we need to improve because I, I think this team at full strength like has all you know a number of pieces that we I, I tried probably unsuccessfully to make that argument you know a couple months ago when when Olsen was still here and the style we were playing wasn't really conducive but I mean the way Ashton's got these guys playing over the past four games they're they still have the same injury problems right like the, the roster is still not full yeah and yet they're they're just such a different team I, I mean even attacking wise tonight, I mean, we've talked at, at nauseum about the the struggles at striker and God, Olakamara is just so bad. There's no way around it at this point. But I mean, having a guy like Paul out there, you know, I think that would have been huge tonight. Gressel obviously was unavailable. Uh, congratulations to him and his wife on the birth of their daughter. Um, that sucked though, not having him <laughs> available. Right? I mean, like, I, right decision, not not saying anything negative about him not being available. He, his heart was in the right place, but man, it would have been nice to have him out there tonight too. And um, it's tough. And you know, the, the other thing is, Kevin Paredes did not have a good game tonight. No. But another guy we're asking to play out of position, and, and I think Kevin has a better game if you've got two center backs in there that are actual center backs that can help cover for some of his mistakes, yeah. right? Um, so I, I think him and, and Russ sticking out to me as as the weak spots on this team tonight. It's like, well, yeah, neither one was playing in the right position. It's just a product of injuries and that ridiculous yellow card situation. Which, which again, I, sorry, with Brown. No, again, I wish I were at we were at a point in the season when we could like just brush those things off and feel happy that they put in the work that they did and just think on to the next. Um, and it's, I mean. Yeah, you guys went through that full evolution while I was still setting some stuff up. Uh, but that was a fantastic game of soccer. If you don't, you know, put your team in the way or, or you know, think about the playoff implications, it was beautiful. Uh, we saw some really great goals, some really good build up from from. I would say DC United had the better build up in, in their goals, but uh, it's tough. Uh, the injuries. Uh, the only time Pines has really played or. Uh, Paredes has played that left back positions when we were running three in the back. That's right. Uh, which we did not have the night. And, and you're asking him pretty different things there. You're asking him to yeah. run the, that side of the, the wing with three in the back. But uh, do we have a, All right. we'll go ahead and get started. It looks like we'll send it uh, real quick live to Chad Ashton. Who's at the podium and ready to talk. Um, um, obviously you had a makeshift back line there because of, of all the uh, personnel issues. Um, but that said, why do you think you had so many, um, uh, problems trying to stop the revolution um, in the second half? I mean, number one, they, they've got some real quality players, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's just, it's, it's difficult when you have guys who haven't played together a lot, um, guys playing, you know, a little bit out of position. Um, but again, they, they have some quality guys when you're bringing bow off the bench, like he changes them completely. They have some real attacking pieces and, um, we were just under it a, a, a lot, but, uh, you know, the, the minutes, the games, they, they add up and, uh, still the guys scratched and clawed and, and did everything they could, but, uh, Tonight it wasn't enough, but uh, I'm, again, super proud of the group. It's uh, the spirits and the fights, and um, it's it's tough to not walk away with something, but uh, super proud of the group. We'll go back to Steve. Go ahead, Steve. 
Chad, where do you um, where do you see your chances now? Obviously, it's a it's a clogged, uh, a congested race for the last two slots, um, but you're going to need some help. Um, sure. How do you how do you look at it? Yeah, that's how we look at it. We got to go take care of our business and then uh, hope we get some help. So it's it's pretty simple for us. We need to win the game and and then hope things go our way. But uh, just control what we can control and go out there and, and get the full three points against Montreal and uh, see what happens. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Jason, go ahead. Uh, Chad, thanks for speaking with us. Um, you got two assists out of uh, Edison tonight, one from each wing. Um, when he plays in the midfield, are these maybe the kind of chances you're looking for him to generate on a regular basis? Yeah, he's a creative player. You know, he can see a lot of things. Um, I think, again, the more time he, he gets with the group, the more time he gets sharpness in, you, you're going to see him uh, manufacture points in, in different ways. But uh, he's he's a great player, and and he's going he's gonna to help this team a lot. We'll go to Alonzo. Alonzo, go ahead. Hi, coach. I know tough loss. Just a follow up from the last question when you when they talk about Ason Flores. Uh, what was the purpose uh, or the intention? I'm sorry to uh, to put Ason Flores close to Jordi Reyna. It was just to since they're both Peruvian, they play in the national team as well. Thank you. They're just good players. You know, we were hoping the first half that we could get on the ball a lot um try and trying to overwhelm them a little bit in the midfield and I thought at times we we did it I thought at times we had them confused um especially the first goal was was a good a good indication of that but uh you know they're both good players they're naturally gonna um kind of gravitate towards each other with with having played together and knowing each other but uh it's it's a good relationship and and hopefully we can continue to work on progressing that even further thanks chad there's no more questions appreciate your time what's well, a quick one uh tonight there on the press conference sam what might right, folks you on? Well, five, or, out coming up five or seven i don't even know seven. anymore you're on seven all right it, it, it down a man, you know, a, a little, <laughs> a little thrown here on the board. That's it's interim head coach Chad Ashton, who, you know, he what he said is 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 spot on though. I mean, DC United unfortunately are not in a winning in situation, but all they can do is win. They have to win next weekend, and and the rest will or won't work itself out. But if they lose, they're out. There's I don't think there's any way forward if yeah. they lose next. Because I think we're already out, and it, it really helps that we're playing Montreal. Um, who is so close and basically also, you know, if they don't, obviously if they don't win, they're also out, but just, just the way it lines up, like it's so tight that all those points matter. Um, yeah. and yeah, we really, everyone's got to be, you know, watching it open on Wednesday to see what Chicago does. But I think even if Chicago wins midweek, um, there are still some, some chances for us to, to sneak in there. Yeah. The math gets all sorts of weird. <laughs> I, I think it, it, so if that game goes on, then and and by the way, it might not. Uh, Minnesota United's game today, I believe, was canceled due to a number of COVID nineteen positives. Um, that's who Chicago has midweek, and so it's a very real possibility that, that that game does not get played, and then we'd revert to points per game, which we'll have to do some math here because it doesn't appear to be in the standings I'm looking at on Google. Uh, so we'll, we'll switch that over and and we'll get you that answer. But. Um, you're right. If, if, if that game, uh, if Chicago wins, they go to 24, 
which puts them, uh, you know, DC United's max available points now is, is 24 on the season, which is really kind of But I think we would hop Montreal, right? Because they lost We tonight. would, yeah. So Montreal's on 23. So if we win, we will definitely finish above Montreal because we play Montreal yeah. next week. And then Chicago, I think, plays Cincy. Am I correct? No, is that... Chicago's got NYCFC away Who next plays weekend. Cincy? Uh, Miami has the Miami, dreaded home Miami. game against yes. Cincinnati. Uh, and then... Atlanta plays Columbus. That's right. Yep. So it, it it could all go our favor. Oh man, it, it, could. it could. Yeah, it could be a lot worse going into yes, this last week, yes. right? And and it was two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So just the fact that we're sitting here talking and and this this loss tonight is is frustrating, but it's hard to get really down on just knowing the state of of health on this team and, yeah. and whatnot. But the fact that we're going into decision day and, and could make the playoffs. We have a decision to be made. It's like. insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And one other note I want to make is um, the Eastern Conference would get out completely unscathed somehow this crazy year if that Chicago game goes on uh, midweek. That would mean everyone in the Eastern Conference has played all of their games, um, which is nothing short of miraculous, Shocking. especially when yeah. you look at the Western Conference, which has been ravaged. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, it, it hurts, but I'm I'm starting to wonder: Did we make the decision too too late uh, to to move on with our coaching position? Uh, we've kind of seen the revival in the past few days, and yeah, I, I know we're apparent. in between interviews. Um, but but someone said in the chat we dug ourselves too big of a hole if, if we had sure played did. even half the way we've been playing the past few games. Uh, you know, as far as being industrial and attack Which, and and scoring goals, it, yeah, maybe this we, we would be safely above this line. Which is interesting to me, and we talked a lot about this, um, both in our recent shows and just kind of um, offline about how it, it. we weren't really sure what DC United was playing for because they put off the coaching decision until so late. If they had made that decision even a month earlier, right, that's like four or five games in which you have to work with a little bit. Um, and obviously, if you bring in a new coach, you're assuming that they're going to have a little bit. Thanks for your patience. Um, you're assuming that they're going to have a little bit of – just a couple games to really get under the belt, get the team used to them. You can't really expect results in that time. So the fact that like Chad's come in and he had, I think it was what a loss, a tie. And then he's, he went on a winning streak until tonight. I mean, that's phenomenal. And probably the best we could have ever expected to come out of making that coaching change so late into the season. So it's just shocking to me that DC United didn't look at it and say, if we make this decision a couple games earlier, because I really don't think it came down to Ben's final games to make that decision. So had they pulled the trigger a little bit earlier, I think we would absolutely be in a much different position. Yeah. And and I'm not even sure they made the decision uh, in an effort to save this season. I think it was just a decision that, that was long overdue and happened where, when it happened. Uh, It's interesting to me then that it happened this season. Well, yeah. Every, every DC United fan has been asking that for, most of the decade, um, <laughs> uh, but it's just happenstance that it, it's Chad Aston has come in and the team has been playing better. And, and I don't even know if it's his tactics or anything. Go ahead. By this season, I meant like during the season, oh, like if right. DC United wasn't like if the front office wasn't hoping that we would be able to make the playoff run. And again, that's leaving it until so late. Then like, why not just keep Ben throughout yeah. the end, yeah. right? Like, I, what well, are you hoping to then gain? I, I think, I mean, this this was my argument at the time, right? And I and I was one of the last people to say Olsen should go, but I, I think that's exactly it. It's like, okay, if, you, if you've made the conscious decision that at the end of the season you're going to get rid of this guy and there's enough runway left, then 
get rid of him mid-season and, and see if you can't get a spark. And or even like two-thirds of the season in, right? Yeah. Like, it just happened so late. It, it did. And, I mean, what's what's interesting to me, and I, and I, I want to save some of what I'm going to say for whether it's – hopefully it's not next week, but at some point we'll do a show after the season. Um, and, and I want to look look back kind of through the season and just talk about <sighs> some of the what-ifs, right, because it's been crazy. But John wants to get really drunk one night I, and well, relive the catastrophe <laughs> that has been 2020 for DC United. I'm I'm truly still so hung up on this Columbus game last weekend. There were obviously we got the three points, which was huge, but I, I, I retweeted it from the, from the podcast account during um, – during Chad Ashton's press conference there, but but Pablo Maurer put together a, a great thread on that yellow card that was issued to Frederick Briant last weekend. And I, I got to tell you, you know, Pablo's a great journalist, but he's not a big DC United fan. <laughs> and for him to come in with that, like, very clear, like, this is not a yellow card kind of look. And, and I, when I look at a guy like him, it's he's pretty objective, not as emotional as, as we all are. Yeah. Um, I don't think we lose tonight if we have I a proper center back out there alongside completely Pines, right? Agree. We, 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 one could argue we easily win, but we definitely don't come away empty-handed. And, and I mean, you just assume that Fred Brion isn't going to have any like goal errors in which yeah. you know he's been pretty standard. You know, there've definitely been plays that he has not been great leading into, but he has he doesn't give up the PK and he doesn't score no. an own goal, right? So just looking at it from that way, we do win this game. That's yeah. two goals. And and I think looking at it through the lens like we were talking about of like, you know, did they get should they just have kept Ben around for the season? Like had they kept Ben around for this the whole season and we we went on the same trajectory, right? Like we we started winning these games and 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 everything was normal. My reaction tonight would have been, you know what? You can't leave it up to that that one bad call that sets your season up for failure. You know, there were plenty of times throughout the season where they should have got more points, they should have done better, and they didn't. Yeah. And all that still holds true. But now that we're in the Ashton era, they made the change, we're playing yeah. so much different and so much better. To me, that just shines so much brighter of like, come on. Like, that that actually does make more of an impact when, when you've, you've made the tactical changes and are playing differently. I'm so happy you said that because it's, it's absolutely a mentality shift, right? And, like, if you can compare it to the EPL and when they get down to decision day and all the talk about it is like, well, this one call that this ref made in this one game is why the team's being relegated. And it's like, that's not true. They had all season to figure it out. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you put it in that perspective of, like, we really have had all season to figure it out but through the lens of a dc united fan in the shift of when it switched from ben olsen to chad ashton like obviously yes the team should have done better the entire rest of the season but like that really is such a defining moment that is leading into these last couple games which is probably giving us a little bit more grace than josh was about to give but i i love that you put it in that perspective I think Ben Olsen puts away a two nothing win away in the rain at the Rebs. So I, I would agree on the service, but do you think he does it with this, this the available players we had tonight? Because uh, I, I don't know that they could have gotten a whole lot more defensive. Uh, you're, you're, you could have put Schober. You had a point there. <laughs> that's a coin toss, apparently. But like not a coin toss. He's uh, just yeah, on apparently. The yeah. so, <laughs> so this is what we talked about all toss. year: is that the Benny Ball grit is so annoying and it's not fun to watch because you don't score goals. But you also you, you don't concede four times when you yeah. when you're up two. goals. I don't think you go up two goals though, and that's what we saw all season, I, right? I, if yeah. You, if you want to say at halftime, if we had decided to make Ben Olsen the coach again, like maybe yeah, we win that game. But like I, 
it doesn't work. Yeah, no. And team mentalities don't work to like no, bunker yeah, once you go It's a up. really interesting point, and and I I think face value, you're spot on, right? Like we we we, we would have bunkered, we would have made it work, we would have grinded out. I just think tonight they didn't have the personnel to do that. And it's, I mean, it's still not great to give up four. It's never great to give up four. But that you, back line was. Yes, God. but you also don't have the <laughs> composure going forward. And you're right. I was like one of the last ones to say Olsen out, right? But like the, just thinking about that first goal, like the build up to it and the way Eddie Flores <laughs> sat Eddie. on that ball and like waited. He didn't just like whip the cross in and hope. He literally oh, yeah. went to oh, take beautiful. the cross, lifted his head, went, oh, nope. I, he did a, like a little bit of a fake. He like rolled the ball out in front of him and he waited for like the team to get in a position where we could make the run, build up. which yeah. is like not what we would have seen like, with Ben Olsen, sure. right? Like in that situation, you're just thinking like tonight. That would be <laughs> a yeah. completely different story. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't see that with Ben Olsen's team. His was very much, like, just pressure and try to shove it down their throats. Yeah, knock in, some balls around. In a, but when you're countering, it's just, like, go, 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 and don't even wait for people around you. Just try to counter and get your shot off on goal, which was not working for this team. I, I, I liked what I saw from, from Reyna uh, and, and from Eddie there. Uh, and uh, the build-up for that goal, liked what I saw from Rivas today. I, I tweeted it out uh, in response to our friend Kevin's uh, tweet about the turn and the shot. I don't think we've seen that from a DC United striker all year. His body uh, was facing the sideline yeah. when he like took that shot and it went in the goal. I, I mean, Crazy. that's what a, a number nine does. They play with their back to goal and then they adjust. He didn't and even put get the, the full turn though. I mean, it was really pretty to watch. Yeah, it was great. I man, what we were we talking about? <laughs> Just, <laughs> a little uh, bit of everything, I think. Does Ben Olsen put this way? It looks like we got a press conference. We're, we're, we're gonna get bailed out here. It looks like Griffin Yao is available, and we'll send it over to him now. Live, All right, folks. We'll go ahead and get started. Reminder to raise your hand. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Hey Griffin, thanks for your time. Um, what? Uh, how disappointing is this to you guys being in a position um, for a while? It looked like you could get three points, and then it looked like you could come away with a point at the end. Uh, what's the What's the sense around the the team right now? I mean, I think the sense, just kind of as a basis, is you know it's never good to lose. So we're all we're all disappointed on that aspect. But you know you can't get too down because obviously we've still got a. Uh, next Sunday coming up and if we we get the job done then so um, if we get the job done then we'll, we'll have a we'll have a pretty good chance so I think we just need to put all focuses towards that and keep our heads high really thanks Griff we'll go to Jason Anderson Jason go ahead Jason you there All right, it seems like Jason's having some audio issues. We'll come back to him. We'll go to Mauricio. Mauricio, go ahead. Hey, Griffin. Uh, congratulations on your second goal uh, with this United on this uh, season. Uh, how did you see the overall performance with the team being uh, shorthanded in a certain way because uh, some key players were, uh, didn't play today? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, we're, we're definitely big time missing Gressel and missing some of the other guys that we haven't had, you know, all season, really, Paul. And that's just, that's been the type of season that we've had the, uh, you know, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of, you know, unpredictables. So I think we're doing a really good job grinding through it and, uh, you know, just pushing forward. That's all, that's all we really can do. Thanks, Griff. I'm going to pause for about five seconds, see if anyone else has a question. 
Looks like Jason's hands back up. Jason, go ahead. Uh, let's try this again. Uh, thanks, Griffin, for taking the time. Um, could you take us through the goal? I know you you both you won the foul and then you got free uh, to finish the your goal off. Um, what exactly were you seeing on on the whole play? I mean, to start off, I'm kind of in the box uh, on those type of plays for that exact reason, just to you know pick up any second balls, any ball that might pop out. So I was positioned in a fairly good spot. I mean, it was pretty it was pretty lucky that the ball fell right in front of me, to be honest. But I mean. When the ball falls like that at that area in the goal, I mean, uh, I'm just – there's no way I'm doing anything but finishing it, so. Awesome, Griff. No more questions, buddy. Thanks for the time. Yep, for sure. That's these United's Griffin Yao joining us tonight uh, during the media availability session. And, um, I, look, we're it, – it, it's a fascinating time here. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging in and do a Twitter hole here trying to, trying to really break down – the playoff situation and well before you get into that can i just say that i love that they put griffin on we're chatting about it you know it's just it says a lot about his maturity that they're gonna put him on yeah in a loss that means this much to the team right but also i love him like being super casual about that goal and he was trying to be really humble That's my job, you man. could tell he was super excited <laughs> i just i love hearing it from him um yeah. and it regardless of what happens this season right it's like so exciting to look into the future because you gotta assume that the kids are still going to be with dc united um at least for next season and it's it's just going to be so fun to watch when all the other pieces fall into place yeah no i'm glad you said that sam i mean we we talked a little bit during the game right of i mean this team could in theory someday hopefully next season roll out like a 4-3-3 where the three in the midfield are all the kids. And, and it's just, I mean, it's crazy. Amazing. Think. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously they, the roster needs some reconstruction in the oh, off season yeah. and we'll, we'll beat that horse to death you know, in, in a few <laughs> weeks or hopefully a few uh, months if we play our cards right. But. I think more than additions, the new coach has to have a plan for at, at least Nyman, uh, yeah. but, but all three of those players uh, have a plan for how you want them to develop and, and where you see them going forward because yeah. they're, they're just huge assets for the club right now. I mean, we saw Brennan Aronson just go for five mil uh, and he changed the way Philadelphia played this year. Uh, if we have three of those guys coming up right now, uh, DC United could run run amok in MLS. Which I will say I don't see happening this off season. Like I what? could see them being sold oh, no, no. for oh, that yeah, amount, no. especially I no, could see one or two of them being sold um, for a lot less. Um, and then I would say it's probably just kind of up to them and like where they want to yeah. see their like Look. beginning part of their career p- progress. Um, but I, I would love to see them at DC United and still be able to flourish. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that they could probably go for like an Aronson amount, Aronson amount, depending yeah, yeah. upon who you comes have to in be and like, how they utilize them. You have to be like top four in the MLS under 22 and, and Nyman's the only one that cracked the list at 22. So he's got to, he's got to get a little That's bit. That's a whole different conversation. That was a little I, bit I shocking. think it's pretty fair. There, there's some really good young town in this league and we haven't seen them play game in, game out. And you that's also have to look at really the pieces want. around them though and how they're being set up. That's true. They're nowhere near Diego Rosie yet. Well, they'll get there, I, I think, uh, and once the team's set up. But yeah, and that's why I want the coach to come in with a plan He's for got those a plan. guys. Yeah, well, and, and one nice thing to think next year. I mean, God willing, we go back to a thirty-four game season, and and we go back to an yeah. open cup, right? And so there's there's more opportunities there. for these guys to play. Oh, and, and fans, <laughs> and fans would be yeah my top ask out of those three, right? But um, 
I mean, I think then that's not me relegating the three of them to like you know bench and, and open cup games. Not at all. I, I think all three of them will challenge for minutes and as they so should. You, but you, you, what they need to do is continue to bring in and and they might not even have to bring in anybody. They could just get healthy. But competition for these guys, right? I mean, we've talked before that DC United and, and every team in the world is is at its best when it's got competition at all the spots. Um, and and you know one of the best ways to kind of help that competition is, is more games. And so with open cup and with, you know, but that, that requires everybody to stay healthy. Right. <laughs> You're right. I wonder if we'd see a little bit of movement between the three of them and Loudon. And I don't mean to go into that whole conversation right now. We obviously had a game tonight and yeah. we're still within a season. Um, that's definitely something we can touch on postseason. but I just did just want to bring it up while we're talking about it. Um, yeah, but that's I, the other route that these three could go and it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And, and talking about it, it kind of hurts me because I, I, I do think Pines has done a good job. I think he's been one of the best players for DC United in multiple matches. But if we could bring in a, a starting center back, I would I would be fine with him behind Birnbaum for some games. Uh, those guys splitting time or, or, you know. Do you just like not bring back Fred in this scenario? Or? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think you leave Fred and I, I'm not necessarily saying that you shouldn't. I mean, Fred is at the end of his career. I just... I think we all really like him, so I, I, I would I, hate I like, to... He's not playing like he's at the end of his career either. Right, like, that's true. As a DC United fan who has seen DC United sign many people at the ends of their career, and you could very clearly tell... Talking about Sebastian Latou in particular? Specifically, or? yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the only one. He specifically, yes, I had a large issue with. But I think that Fred, like, he's not the best player on the team like he possibly was last season, but he's also not the worst right so I, I would not be mad with like signing him again next season if it were just to be kind of like steven you keep donovan you maybe bring in another center back i wouldn't be super mad with like keeping um frederick just because now i'm scarred and i just think everyone's gonna get injured uh, i don't know roster hits go up as players age i, I don't think brianna is cheap anymore We'd have to play with that and see how it works. It, it, there's very limited space on teams. I don't know if we can afford a 36-year-old center back. I think a lot of it just comes down to who's available and who would you bring in, and can you bring somebody else in, or is it is it the the Donovan and and uh, Stephen show with with Fred in in relief? As long season? as it's not Canals, I'm good. Man. Yeah. Oh man. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And it, I think we, we we owe it to the team to kind of go back and just talk about this yeah. game very well. briefly because it, this, at least on the offensive side of the ball, this is one of their best performances of the season, if not just from the three goals that they scored. And it, and it started early, and it was in quick su- succession. The 22nd minute was the goal, Sam, that you just broke down. Yamil Assad was the one to ultimately put it away. But just Beautiful. outstanding build-up play by Flores and Reyna, who are both credited for the assist. Oh, well. That's the kind of team goal I like to see. And, and that's the second week in a row with, with just a brilliant team goal that yeah, we've been it was just, about. It was so calm. It looked like we knew what we were doing. Like I think I said that that's the type of goal that for the whole season we've seen scored on us. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right? Like you just you had the entire team build up. You had more than one person rushing into the box and you just had this calm composure to say that's not what I'm looking for. Okay, now that's what I'm looking for. And you had Assad who said, I'm going to collect this ball and I'm going to put a shot on goal, right? Yeah. Like, just overall, it was not what we have been used to seeing go our way this season. And it was it was just beautiful to watch. And just four minutes later, uh, Griffin Yao follows up to put the black and red up 2-0. And I think a lot of us were like, 
Oh because, man, we're on easy I mean, street here. You know, <laughs> I mean, when you get a ball like that, I mean, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love seeing him still get those goals. Yeah, now he's he's got two for the year now, right? And so he is in that yeah. runner-up spot. Yeah. <laughs> but Yamil bumped up to tie Ola, so yeah. Now there's multiple people on three. And then guys, if I net a Hattie on Sunday, I'm I'm tied to the boot. Um, it wasn't without heartbreak before the end of the half, though, for, for the black and red. Buxa scored uh, just four minutes after that uh, in, the, in the 30th minute. And, 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 in the uh, PK. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a bit. I, I don't know that it was definitely not a PK, but the foul 100% started well outside the box. And, I mean, ultimately he went down after – you know, Russ fell and then Buxa tripped over him or it might not have been Buxa actually there. Buxa took the PK, but um, I don't know. I was a little surprised we didn't go to VAR for a little longer. Just it's a foul it. Russell gets away with in the middle of the field. Like oh, yeah. It might not even be a foul in the middle of the field towards it in the box. It's like, eh, but yeah, I, I feel pretty hard done by with that. Which I hate. I hate it. Yeah. Should just, if it's a foul, it's a foul. It doesn't matter where. On what the a field, PK right? save like, from Bill too. Yeah. yeah oh man. man. Yeah, it's brutal. He was like rightfully pretty upset with the team. And I think we had talked about maybe like, Oh, did someone in from new England encroach? But DC United was also pretty much encroaching. And the fact that we were encroaching and also couldn't like help to save that rebound. Um, I mean that it just sucks. I <laughs> hate to see it. Yeah, and then Russell's struggles continued just after halftime, 54th minute, uh, the own goal. And, I, I mean, he he didn't need to touch it. At all. He could have um, just let it go. No one from New England was running in, which sucks. Briant doesn't make that mistake, to you guys' point. No, you know, he, no he doesn't. And Neither obviously does Steven, Steven doesn't, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. I mean, is that is that an instinctual reaction to someone who's typically not that close to the goalkeeper? Uh, yeah. There, yeah. right? He's I mean, not. He's used... at the top of the box. That's a pretty safe touch to take. He's not used to to whether or not there's a backside runner, and, and he wasn't yeah. sure, and so he made a play on it, and he shouldn't have. Because if he hadn't made a play and there had been a backside runner, right, we would have been like, "Why do you not put anything on that ball?" Like we yeah. would have been super upset with him regardless um that's just a little bit of communication and kind of you're aware of your surroundings a little bit differently as a center back than you are um as a center midfielder so it it just sucks like there definitely should have been a lot more communication happening on that um any type of touch to just kind of send it out you know I think about like throwback to Bobby Boswell used to have crazy like heart stopping (laughs) touches all the time that would kind of go towards our goal but they somehow always like hit the post or went wide or whatever and I just think that's the difference between like someone who is a a veteran and who's trained their whole life to play center back and someone who you're just kind of sticking in there well the DC United jury is out and that foul happened outside the box should not have been a PK I think we have four here which is enough to to pass it to yeah. overturn officially well, with mls <laughs> I, we'll, we'll get we'll get uh we'll get pro on the horn here they like me so i'm sure they'll answer when i call but uh I, I, one of the things that you know one of my buddies texted me during the game and was like is is var broke tonight and, and that wasn't necessarily just a shout at like dc united's not getting the calls but i picked it up too we were seeing the, the assistant refs putting their flags up very early for offsides calls which typically under under var rules you wait you let the play you know kind of play out for the most part um and then you know obviously in the was it the um it was it was dc united's third goal um 
where they went real quick to the ear. um, Which is pretty nicely under our lineup of breaking down the game. Yeah. Um, You guys both freaked out, and I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Like, Donovan might have had that foul. Like, let's wait. because And, John, you even said, like, modern soccer is having to wait until the ball is kicked off. You hear the whistle, and you see the ball go. And then we all, like, stood up and cheered. Um, yeah, but you're right that I, I think that was a foul and it didn't affect the goal, right? It would have gone in either way. Yeah. Um, whoever Briant or I'm sorry, whoever Pines, Pines fouled, yeah. um, would not have been able to make a play on the ball just from where he was in the box, but also that was definitely a foul. So. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm so happy that that goal stood, if not for the fact that Rivas had a world-class touch oh my to, to settle that ball, and then the turn was outstanding as well. I, I think I remarked live, like, I don't see that regularly in European games I watch. I mean, and that's not me saying Rivas should play in Europe at all. But <laughs> that was a quality play by him and a well-deserved goal, so I was glad to see it stand. You guys know, like this is just just straight factual. I think he's above Kamara on the depth chart now. He's shown more glimpses. Actually, it's not even glimpses for him. Kamara's gotten all the play time, and he's shown shown nothing. And and Rivas has been out there, and he's produced at least a chance a game, I think. We didn't see a replay of that that chance. I think it was in the first half, and it was like, I would have liked to have seen it again from another angle to see how close Kamara was, but like, my live reaction was, you got to get a foot on that. Like, even if you can't put it on frame, like, how do you not touch it? Yeah, ball comes across the face of the goal and, and Kamara's back post. And I thought, uh, look, I've seen highlight reels of him finishing that every time. So it, that is his ball. I, I don't know. Man's must be in his confidence or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We, but- I, I, I said during the game, I think he's playing right now to continue to be a professional soccer player because he, he, I think he's lost any chance of being on this roster next year. I would be shocked uh, if he comes back for DCU. See, the chance, and apologies, I don't remember exactly when it came, but the chance sticks out to me that absolutely anything could have happened more than what ended up happening was that ball that Sorgo received. Um, and he just needed to, like, it was kind of a long ball. Yeah. The keeper was way keeper was out. Way and out. he just needed to, like, chip it. I'd rather, like, the keeper put his hand up and block it, and then we're all frustrated about that. But he took the touch kind of, like, out to the touchline at the end of the 18 and tried to shoot it from there. And that's never going in. Yeah. It was just so frustrating that he doesn't, even if he wants to take a touch, like take a touch inside, like do the keeper out a little bit. I'd rather see so think, you try to have that creativity than taking a touch way out left field and nothing is ever going to come of it. I'd like to see that replay again as well. Cause I, you, you had a very visceral reaction live. Of like, I was pissed. He's got to take a touch. I was pissed. I think, I think you made a, a, a it, it, again, I only saw it once, but I, I think I agree with your, the point you just made more than I did live of like take a touch inside because I do think that would have been a heck of a, an angle to pull off if he tried to chip him right from there. Or even I think send that's it what on he was the ground. Literally yeah. anything to try to get around the keeper I would have rather seen than him taking it to the touch line when no one else was around him. I, I agree. It, it wasn't the right, surely wasn't the right decision you know that, that he made, but yeah, it, it's just... It, I'm struggling to to pick apart chances that we should have had in a game when we scored the most goals of the season. Like it's just, it's unfortunate, but we came undone uh, on defense tonight, and I, I really think that was a product of just asking too many guys to play out of position. Because here we are in 2020 with half the roster, uh, you know, injured and and a bullshit suspension. Do you know? <laughs> okay. Do you want to continue going down the game and then I was yeah, we we should end it. I Teal Bunbury uh, in the 84th minute put the final nail in the coffin um 
for New England, and if I remember the goal correctly, it was uh, pretty, pretty. We all kind of saw it coming. Just no, I'm, I'm sorry. That was that was one. the third yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah I missed, missed one. I missed uh, the 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 previous Bunbury goal. Yeah, yeah. that we all saw coming. Yeah, it comes from that the right side of the Reds attack again. Paredes was just fish out of water uh, there, and then. They were all man marking. They just the revs had more numbers in the box than we had defenders, and so Bunbury, who's an MLS veteran, is gonna make that shot every time. Yeah, and he's always good for a goal or two against us. It seems like, but in the 84th minute, th- this one is one I absolutely need to see the replay again because the the DC United feed that we were watching, and I don't know if any of our listeners happen to be watching the the New England feed on ESPN Plus and saw it differently, but we were in a replay, and and it. It seemed like it should have been a goal kick to DC United that that we didn't see, and they cut out of the replay to New England on a, on a on a breakaway, and and I it seemed I, like two seconds before the goal got yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, how do they even have the ball? Um, so I I don't know how the change of possession happened, which yeah. is uh, we just saw Pine, to break that Pines <laughs> chasing from like half field and yeah, and at, at the very end it's like oh, it looked like Pines was way out of position and and he was, but. I think that's exactly because they were so far ahead. Uh, you, you know, they they had gone up on what should have been a goal kick, and then turnover happened, and then all of a sudden they're racing back, and unfortunately, that's what undid. So here's my controversial track. comment: is I think that Bill had a pretty good game tonight, and oh, it's hard to say against someone who got scored on four times, but I would argue that he made some pretty key saves, and I don't know that any of the goals he really could have. Stop any goal. I mean, he saved the penalty. Any goal he could have stopped. Yes, right? exactly. Um, Russell banged in that second goal, unfortunately, uh, and then <laughs> two good. Both of them. I just, I just, don't, just hung out to dry. Yeah, I don't think any keeper really would have been able. It, it could have been more. I think we faced nineteen shots tonight. Uh, Bill did a did a good job. I don't think that's controversial. Fifteen saves is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if those are on goal or whatever, but. I don't know. It feels controversial to say when you've conceded four goals. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I, I think the problem was entirely with the back line, and I don't think we ever see that again for DCU. I don't think we ever see that lineup just because it, it wasn't supposed to be in the first place, and it will, it will definitely never be again. Yeah, which we were talking about last game, last pod, I think. Um, we were trying to predict this the defensive lineup, and I think this was pretty much what we had predicted. We were trying wow. to listen back and couldn't fact check it exactly but it was it was at least pretty close to what this was and personally I was super excited to see it um I think I was just like so excited about how Russell had just played lights out in a position that wasn't his and it was probably unfair for me to assume that that would have happened every time Brian providing us a a fact from the ESPN plus stream said that Bill has uh, 90 wins on the career 70 are shutouts which is just I think absurd insane numbers wow uh, I mean, he's basically carried us to most of our wins, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised fair. if more than half of those were one nothing. Uh, <laughs> I can well, think of a few. That's crazy because I think of I think I with the bias of this season, I'm like, how do we ever have a shutout? I just don't recall it <laughs> oh, that yeah. ever happening. But we used to have them regularly. Yeah, and, and we we have another fact check uh, from from the text line. It sounds like the the New England feed on ESPN Plus did not have did not show the change of possession either. So Uh-oh. we'll. Uh, We'll have to wonder about how that happened because we don't have video of it anyway. The, the world will never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe the highlights package uh, tomorrow on the website on MLSsoccer.com will have it. Um, but as we kind of revert back to the playoff push here, um, 
Well, I guess before we do that, any, any final thoughts on tonight's game? Just oh. a bummer. We'll, we'll, we'll a get bummer. to the man of the match. I can talk about some, some great performances that we saw. Let's do it yeah. now. We're talking about the game. Let's do man of the match now. Uh, I'm going to give mine the Edison Flores. I think if yeah. we get that Edison Flores every single game, uh, we'll be a force to be reckoned with. He had two assists on the Knights, and they were two great assists. Um, the, we've talked about that. The, you already ran on a break. He passes off to his national teammate. Uh, and it's just be- that's just beautiful soccer, yep. right? Uh, I want to see that every time. I don't even know what position was he on the left. Left, I think, is where the lineup had him. But he he's been drifting in and I out. I thought he was drifting more. Chad simple, yeah. Chad mentioned that he he was moved around quite a bit last game too. Uh, and so that's just a credit to him that he's being flexible like that and, and making an impact on the game. Uh, Assad deserves a shout for for a beautiful goal. Uh, and man, he brought the fire tonight. But uh, Flores, please continue to do that. Man, the match for me tonight. Yeah, I mean, I so I'll, I'll honorable mention Flores and and you know same here, right? Like if he continues to play like that, that's going to look like a much 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 better signing. You know, next year it was it was a slow start this year, and 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 I wonder a little bit of like, is it just tough timing again? Of you know Flores finally hitting his stride at this point in the season after Olsen's already been canned, or were they related and Olsen wasn't setting him up for success, and and now he's he's allowed to play much more free because we're yeah. not you know eleven men behind the ball. If he if he wasn't subbed off tonight, I don't think he was. That would have been his third ninety minutes for DCU. So, so there's yeah. definitely some choppy, choppy seas for him coming to DCU. Yeah, and and I mean, definitely he impressive building back up the fitness with the broken face too, right? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> this guy is out there and, and and putting in shifts here. I'm skinning skimming really quickly. Um, it does not look like he came out tonight, so that would have been uh, another ninety minute shift. Uh, but for me, my man of the match, I'm gonna give it to Yamil Assad. I thought he put in a Ooh great shift i mean it was a, it was a team goal that he finished off right um but he had just one heck of a it was early again as well but um in in the box defending getting on the ball yeah, clearance on the ground it was just about, like yeah. a, the perfect tackle we in, were in like, a very who, dangerous who area who, who was that yeah <laughs> and, and i thought it was russ for a minute i think the 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 <laughs> The Clorox from his hair you know, yeah. come out in the rain or something, but then when we saw the replay, <laughs> it was Yamil. Uh, I look off mic. I've been dogging Yamil for the Clorox all year, so I guess I, I, think guess, on I mic, guess I'm out it <laughs> for that. But yeah, no, I'm 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 so happy to see this Yamil aside, and and I'm so excited for next year. I, longtime listeners know I've, I I dragged him through the mud this year, and he's he's earned his keep now. He's he's playing really well. What great buildup because Yumil Saab would have been my um, honorable mention. I think he did have a really good game. Um, I think, yeah, he's just been playing so much better, and it's great to see him finding that stride um, that we wanted him to have coming back from D.C. Um, my man of the match, I, I kind of started the conversation a little bit ago. What? I'm just waiting for you to say Kevin Perez. It's not Kevin Perez. <laughs> he did not have a good night. He was maybe not set up he for success. He was set up to fail. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not, I don't want to at Kevin, but also he just wasn't the best person on the field. No, I a little bit started the conversation because I just got excited and wanted to talk about it. But I think that Bill really yeah. um, put in a shift tonight. He was kind of not set up to succeed either, kind of in, in the way that those – definitely not set up to succeed. Yeah, <laughs> in the way um, just, you know, who was in front of him and the way those goals happened. But I think that he had so many, like, key moments, and this could have been – a much higher scoring game, but also probably in the wrong direction. And maybe we didn't come back and like score the ones that we did. Um, so I'm definitely 
giving it to Bill tonight. <laughs> and backing you up, Sam, the expected goals for New England tonight were 3.41 plus the own goal. So, yeah, that that's that's for sure. Yeah. And, and it's if you can award a goalkeeper man in the match on a night when they ship four goals, crazy. It was a, it was. A it's twenty twenty. No, it's twenty twenty when that happens. But it was probably six if Bill wasn't in there yeah. tonight, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, <sighs> honorable mention Revis. He deserves yes. all of, all, yeah. all, all of Kamara's minutes going forward. I, I don't think he's the solution uh, necessarily, but I think he is better than most of the options we have. Sorga keeps trying and, and he hustles and presses out there. Uh, but Kamara's not getting it done. And Revis is from now yeah. on. I also think Gal put in a, a decent shift, not man of the match, but oh. he put in a decent shift. Um, yeah. and I think that Nyman also, obviously he had many fewer, fewer minutes. Man, man. Um, but I think that the minutes that he did have were, were pretty good. He had a couple pretty good tackles um and he was getting in it so yeah yeah for sure you love to see it. it it's a loss but man it doesn't feel anything like some of the losses we had this season like yeah. this was a very that's what i mean promising... i wish i could be excited about this loss and maybe if we had a regular season and it hadn't gone as horribly as it did we wouldn't be as excited right? about a loss like this but it's just i don't know exciting that we scored three goals and the goals that they had like it always felt like we were going to come back. Obviously there were parts of the game where you just felt really deflated, but at no point did I ever think that we were absolutely out of the game. Um, are we out of the playoffs is a different situation, which I think is the next segment that we're. Well, and it is And speaking of being out of the playoffs, uh, FC Cincinnati are officially out of the playoffs with their result tonight against Atlanta. So it is a five horse race for the final two playoff spots in the East, which for those of you guys playing at home, somehow 10 teams in this conference get into the playoffs this year. Um, so right now, this is this is a live Sunday evening uh, look. L'Impact du Montreal are in uh, ninth with 23 points. The Chicago Dumpster Fire are in 10th with 22, and those are the teams above the red line. Atlanta United are in 11th, also on 22 points, but they uh, lose out here. Wait, who's I actually in 10? think this is incorrect. Yeah, that's I'm doesn't... now looking at this. I, my understanding was that the f- first Atlanta should no, be at I'm 22. Sorry. I'm sorry. It, Atlanta and Chicago are both on 22. Yeah. Chicago uh, are above them on points per game because they have the game in hand. Yeah. That's why. Which is why um, I don't know that if they don't play against Minnesota, I don't think that's helpful to us. Well, we can do some difficult because then math you're here di- in a second. Well, then you're just dividing <laughs> by a lower number, and I don't need to know what those numbers are to say yeah. that when you're dividing by a lower number, you're going to get a higher result. Well, Chicago only have five wins on the season, and so do we. So if that game doesn't happen and Chicago lose and we win, we should, in theory, have more points per game. <laughs> in theory. I don't know. This is really hard this year, guys, because normally this points per game nonsense is not part of the equation because everybody's playing all the games. Uh, but to continue down the, the the lineup real quick, so below the red line, we've got somehow Atlanta United are back on top of D.C. They're at 22, and then at 21 is uh, Inter-Miami Club de Football and D.C. United uh, both on 21. So that's Miami and D.C. at points per game Atlanta's got 1.0 points per game and and none of those teams have a game in hand they've all played 22 they'll play again on decision day it's just Chicago so the tiebreaker order uh, again for those of you guys playing at home the first tiebreaker (laughs) it's not really the tiebreaker this is just how we're doing it this year points per game is what is what determines 
the place. And then after that, I always forget this, but the first tiebreaker in MLS is wins. Um, which, man, had DC United won tonight, they would have been sitting pretty. Um, but th- they actually have the fewest wins here. They're tied with Chicago on five wins. Both Miami and Atlanta have six, and uh, Montreal have seven. So n- not not great for DC United, and the news gets worse because goal differential is the second tiebreaker, uh, and we're at minus 15, 15. right now. Yeah. Shocking. A couple of the, 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 the final two games in the Olsen tenure did not help the goal differential story. Uh, and then after that, it's goals four as the final tiebreaker, which I don't think we'll get into. Um, but we're sitting on 23, and the only team in worse shape than us is, is Atlanta with 22. We're tied with Miami at 23. So Well, for us to have to overcome the goal differential if we're scoring 15 yeah, times. It, it, <laughs> it ain't happening. Uh, so, so here, I think we don't actually need to score four, I think. One of the teams we're competing with is like minus ten, and they're the next fewest. Yeah, um, Miami's at minus eleven, and so oh, are, after so are Montreal. Yeah, yeah. And the best part about Montreal is we play them. But here's the thing with Montreal: uh, they're two points ahead of us. If we beat them, we go above them. That's it; they're done and dusted. So, so that's that's the easy way for DC United to stay alive, and it's actually the I think only we still way have for to them to stay alive. Yeah. They've got Pray, to beat though, Montreal. Right? Oh like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's not yeah. that simple. Um, <laughs> the, the, the midweek, buckle up, friends. Right? <laughs> we're just getting into it. So Wednesday night, it, 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 it's a crazy week, Sam. Tomorrow, you and I have Leeds Leicester. Um, will we be coming at you next weekend, or we'll <laughs> will see. John and I not be friends I, anymore? TV. It, it could go either way. <laughs> My Giants play tomorrow night. I guess I'll still watch them. Um, Tuesday night's election night, so that'll be interesting Probably no matter where you way, stand. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Wednesday night, of course, is in theory the game in hand for Chicago against Minnesota. And I don't know if I'm a betting man. I don't know if I even think the game's going to happen. <laughs> so we're, we're crossing our fingers it does. But also yeah. I think it was Joshua who pointed out. It might have been John. Um that Minnesota minus like seven of their starters to COVID is also not the the game yeah. that Chicago is going to lose probably. So we'll see. So our friends at Black and Red United did a quick breakdown here, um, and um, I I, th- I think they're almost a hundred percent spot on. I'm I'm I might have come up with a slightly different iteration with the Chicago piece, but bottom line is. Uh, as we said, DC United obviously have got to beat Montreal. There's no way through the draw. There's no way through the loss. They've yep. got to beat Montreal next weekend. And, I mean, we've been here before this season with a must-win <laughs> game against that. Montreal, right? <laughs> um, Poetic justice. It's our turn, though. Hopefully. Like, um, we, we need um, we need <laughs> Columbus to beat Atlanta, right? Uh, which, which is doable. Columbus oh, is absolutely. a much better team than yes. Atlanta. Um, I, I mean, I'm still a little surprised we – kept a clean sheet against them and, and they're get, they're getting healthier. It's so that's the 70. Right. <laughs> that's doable. And then Cincinnati has to at least get a result on the road against Miami. So I'm not feeling as good about that one. Let's be honest. Um, but Miami is also a little bit of a dumpster. They're like a little bit on the, the downward turn right now. So maybe that, that could go in our favor. Yeah. And, and so, so really breaking this down, the Chicago situation is, if if they could take zero points through these two games, that would be the most ideal. Yeah. Um, if they get one point and both games are played, we're still okay. If they one game total, one point total. Correct. In both games, yes. Correct, and both yeah. games are played in that scenario. Yep. yep. And then if if they get a point each, and we win, 
I, I think my head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually I think if they draw both games, I think we're still we're good, above right? Them yeah, because the first tiebreaker would be wins, and this guys, I apologize, we're we're, we're doing a lot live here. <laughs> Everyone has <laughs> so, stopped listening. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, in, in that scenario, we'd be at we'd both be at twenty four, and and we would have uh, six wins. Chicago would only have five, so we'd be above them. So it would really just come down to. What happens with Atlanta and, and, and Miami? Because Atlanta can Atlanta's winning in basically. Um, yeah. Meh, well, not not quite winning, helping in more so than but, us, I think. Yeah, and and Miami's in the pretty undesirable. They also spot have like a more. I mean, yeah, but Atlanta has a, a more difficult opponent. Um, we're, we're all really pulling for Cincy, which is weird to say. Um, we're in trouble. <laughs> It's not hopeless. I'd rather be in this situation than be Cincy right now, who's sitting at the bottom. That's true. There's not enough straws in the world for the ones you guys are grasping for right now. <laughs> They're all metal. We uh, can look, just keep making them. They're reusable. Right. You don't need oh, new no. straws to grasp at. So we've been talking for a while. We've been, we've been trying to keep our hopes alive, and, and we're, we're, we're trying to, to rationalize tonight's loss, which, which hurts quite a bit. But we know you have thoughts. We appreciate everything we've seen in the YouTube chat so far. But if you want to join the show, give us a call at 202 202- Eight nine two six three two eight. That's two zero two eight nine two six three two eight. And of course, if you don't want your uh, your actual voice to be heard, you can text us, and we can read your thoughts as well. You don't have to call, but we like it when you call. And I don't know the the opportunity to have you narrate my thoughts. I might text into the text line. <laughs> you really want that? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna oh man, that's... come up with something very fun for you to say. <laughs> oh, no. We are live. Doesn't so. doesn't mean we'll read everything. Why does this team miss Lucha the most? No. Oh god. Uh, no. I like what I saw at Edison Forest night. Lucha's gone now. <laughs> Eddie. Yeah, I mean, Flores for sure is is becoming just more and more exciting. Oh, Which God, I like I, to see. Guys, I, you just spent like half the show breaking down playoff properties. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm fine with with this. I'm at peace with how the season has ended for DC United. You know, there's some wins, a winning streak, a tough loss to the Revs. Whatever happens in the next game will happen. Uh, I'm just happy that we have taken steps forward. You know, I'm just trying to. I want all our listeners so, to receive a beer from you. Though. Yeah, right. That's really what I'm here for. But so <laughs> here, here's a question though, and and we've we've stayed away from the coaching search a little bit tonight, not yeah. intentionally. It's just been a lot of other stuff to talk about. But if DC United don't make the playoffs next week, they came damn close after they were not set up for success for most of the season. Chad Ashton in the final round of interviews. Uh, apparently, he is. Yeah, we saw that rumor earlier today that it sounds like he will definitely be in. But Can you reiterate the entire rumor? Because I don't recall. Uh, the rumor is that Chad Ashton is among finalists. Uh, yeah. the, I thought it John, listed the other finalists, though, right? Uh, John it? Harks is not, not. Uh, probably not among the finalists, as well as uh, who was the other name? Other people we didn't want. Uh, Chris Armis was uh, amongst finalists. Yeah. I think Jill Ellis is still Jill Ellis was among finalists. The assistant for Columbus. Uh Ezra, I think is his first name. I can't remember. Yeah, hold on, I'll uh, pull it up. Uh, <laughs> who, who's the guy who has been with like every team in the league, and we're like, please don't hire him. Uh, Dom, <laughs> is that who you're talking who's about? That? Dom, uh, Kinnear? Dom Kinnear. Uh, oh but, yeah, yeah. But Dom he's cur- he's currently the head. 
uh, interim head coach for the LA Galaxy. So I don't know if that's putting a an, an end to his coaching pursuits. Uh, I would just want to also... say congrats to John Harks for winning USL League One. Yeah, winning uh, is DC a stretch, United, but, yeah. former great, won the league. Uh, like the supporter shield and then the final was canceled due to COVID. Uh, I think they won by default because the other team could not play. They were first the whole season. So I feel a little better about I that. I think but that's they, what it was. It was it. They yeah. had agreed prior to postseason that whoever had the most points going into it would win. Mark's got a last name for it. It's Ezra Hendrickson. That's who right. played for DC United in 2004. It wasn't a ton of games. Yeah. Columbus crew assistant currently. Yeah. Thanks, um, Mark. And yeah, thanks Mark. And I, and I've got the, the, the tweet from Goff here. Um, DC United interim head coach, as we said, Chad Ashton expected to be on the final list. Joe Ellis, Chris Armas, and others in MLS circles and some international coaches remain in the mix. But the good news is we're not expecting Jason Christ, was who I was thinking of, to be <sighs> in the list of finalists. Yeah, Thank God. Oh, um, I'd like to think that I probably could beat him out in an interview to coach this team. <laughs> and, of course, I, I don't know. I, I was really tough on Harks when we first talked about head coaching candidates. But, like, dang, I'm now, like, a little bit frustrated to hear he's not even in the in the list of finalists John just like, like uh, the, the reasons you brought up are probably the reasons he's not mentioned yeah. for finalists the, the experience at a lower level is great the fact that he's won at a lower level is great maybe we bring him into the Loudon and who who maybe we bring him in a Loudon and give Chad one year at the rain I don't know I I want to see DC United take some real ambition here I'm glad Jason Christ is out because he is all respect to the RSL days back in like 2009. That was great. Um, yeah. But since he's been garbage fire for what uh, NYCFC and Orlando, I think is what. And I think I, I know I'm going to cop out, but I just think it depends upon like what ownership hap- yeah. it's going to do. Right. And like what the GM situation is like, I'd, I'd either like to see like Chad get a real shot at it and not just be like a year long interim head coach and name but interim and everything else like i'd rather see him actually take the reins and get an actual shot and be able to do with this team what he wants to do or i'd love to see like a clean sweep and just like bring someone brand new in who's gonna just usher in a new era of dc united and honestly if either option were given like the full power of what they want to do obviously you know there are like always limitations you're gonna sign every player you want but if if both options were able to really put their mark on dc united to the fullest extent that is realistic i'd be fine with it um but just saying like chad's gonna have a year and then we're gonna bring in harks and it's gonna yeah. be a little bit no, the no. same or like we're gonna bring in a new a new coach who's not chad but like they're gonna just have to work within the confines of what dc united's doing right now I mean, and they're not what, really gonna be able to put their mark on it like that's what we did to ben for 10 years so i don't absolutely. know yeah. and that's change. why i don't want to see the same though like we saw what happened for 10 years right so i'd love to see just a completely new era that's what, of dc united that's what worries me the most i think i mean I, I agree with everything you're saying i just i'm not i'm not convinced things are gonna change i don't think the the list what, sorry i thought you were done speaking no no, no i was just gonna say like I, what i'm not I, i'm not convinced that ownership's all of a sudden gonna like pour no. in all these new resources i don't think it happens. i also think the list that we have like even just like jill specifically like why would you take the job if you're not being told otherwise why would Jill I mean, look I, at this team? I don't think she takes the job if she's offered it personally. Well, I mean, she she also doesn't have to take interviews, and she is, right? She, she had an informal interview with the team. Uh, yeah, she could have just looked at it and said no, but the fact that, that like something was said to her to put her in like these quote-unquote final talks, obviously we <laughs> don't know the exact details of that, but just the fact that these coaches with, you know, 
moderate ability and you know can prove themselves in MLS the fact that they're all still around makes me think that something is being said to them uh, it could be a factor. John Harks could have said no to the overnight security shifts, and that's probably why he's not on the finalist list. <laughs> no, we just read uh, the yeah, yeah, someone we did. made a shout about it. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I don't think you can. You're right. We can't expect this this ownership. No, they're doing I, stuff like this still. I'm, and I'm really glad. Thank you, Mark, for for bringing that up. I mean, so we can guys, throw our table up. <laughs> just completely unacceptable. Yeah, it's embarrassing uh, on on all levels. Yeah. That that anyone, let alone multiple people and enough to make it a thing, thought that that was okay. And if you missed the story this week, um, Pablo Maurer broke it in the Athletic that DC United fired their security company, which was somehow cost them a hundred thousand dollars a month. So that, I'm not, on board with that part. I'm not but. as su- yeah surprised about that part because to me, and maybe I misread it in the article, but that to me included game day staff which is obviously significantly more but also as we learned in the article and as just you should probably know that the stadium needs 24-hour surveillance sure. um so paying for that 24-hour surveillance the night shifts are obviously more expensive the fact that something in dc of that nature costs a hundred thousand dollars is unfortunate and like it's sad to see on paper because you're like ah that yeah. could be spent on so many players but the reality I mean, of it is that's probably on par right I mean, yes. that's, a, that's, a, that's a player i don't um, know that that is the fault of the ownership though i think sure. that's just the nature of what needed to happen but what is the fault of the ownership yes. is, is asking in <laughs> not not asking, not even but basically asking. telling your front office staff that they will volunteer for these shifts um or else <laughs> basically or else and and they they did come back and say like hey that initial email that was leaked was maybe a little bit over the top but what's what's 100% over the top is the decision you made to throw random front office workers in the security booth that that that's not even minor league that that's little league like you can't i it, those types of things are what don't that's what worries me about let's say they bring in a Jill Ellis or they bring in an international coach that we're all really excited about i don't think we're going to splash the cash to to really you know do the rest of it right. And and I, I've sat here and argued all year, I'll own it, that this roster is much better than they're playing because they're so hurt. But I just – why do we continue to cut corners? And and, and the, the point that I made on Twitter when this news broke is like, I just want this team to do everything the right way. And if that means we have to do a lot – we have to cut a lot of the things that we do because we don't have the resources and the time and the, and the, and the people to do it the right way, then fine. But – they have to start doing everything the right way or we're never going to get to where we want to be. Yeah. And this is not the right way. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's getting old just hearing about DC United not doing things the right way. Uh I mean, we we've all experienced what this team has come from and where they're at now and it and it was supposed to be so great and it was supposed to be so good, but it's we keep finding out bad things about the team, which is not great. And I, th- I think it's interconnected too, right? I think that's what separates some of the teams, especially when you talk about like the expansion teams, thinking about LAFC and uh, Seattle a little while ago, but even Atlanta, you know, they're coming in and they're from the get-go doing everything right. And I think you, it's not possible to just do things right on the field and do things poorly behind the scenes. I don't think those things connect very well. And just when you have the mentality of doing things a certain way off the table – like we're behind the scenes that bleeds into what you're doing in the spotlight. Right. So, I mean, you're right that it just, it, it's a mentality thing. And I don't think that's breaking news to anyone from who's a DC United fan. I think the details that come out um, are shocking and unacceptable, but I think that overall, like 
to hear that something like this is happening it's unfortunate but you're like i mean probably <laughs> like because you see all the yeah, things that are it, happening on the what's field. sad to me is i wasn't so much surprised to read it it's just like again disappointed of like how is this my club you know no idea it's frustrating but joshua i want to go back to one of the things you said um you know about john harks i I think you know we we often talk about using loudon as an opportunity for players and coaches but i i don't think that there's an opening at loudon right now i mean i think Uh, ryan martin did a great job this season and it's just a totally jacked year and and they unfortunately loudon couldn't even draw on any of the players from dc that would typically be like trying to get some minutes and really bolstering that team because of covid they weren't really transferring players much at all um i don't know i I guess i just i don't see any reason to get rid of ryan martin at this point and i think Uh, i I don't necessarily know that you were suggesting that he should have but yeah no it wasn't about getting rid of ryan martin or or necessarily giving chad ashton such a short lease uh, it's more about grooming John Harks because I, I, I do think he would like to come back to D.C. Uh, he's only in South Carolina because that's where his uh, his daughters go to college, really. Okay. Um, but he, he's a young, promising coach uh, in the U.S. And he, he has, you know, obvious ties to D.C. I, I think we should our GMs should be talking to him pretty regularly. I'd, I'd rather see him come in as, as, as an assistant coach. And I don't know if that's like an insulting suggestion, uh, but yeah. when you're talking about doing the little things right, if you're going to push aside a coach who's been doing perfectly fine to just like bring in John Harks just to like see what would happen. And again, I, mean, I, I know that's not what that's you what were saying. That's what we're going to do with the hire, right? We're, we're going to bring in a unless unless you well, think that's, it is no, it's, That's very different. Because there's diff- there's a difference because right now you know that you're hiring for a head coach and it's a spot that's up for everybody, right? They didn't just hand it to Chad Ashton. It's very different when Ryan Martin has no reason to believe his job is insecure and to just say like, well, we have this opportunity and we're just going to push you aside like that for future coaches does not yeah. make them want to come up within DC United. Yeah. If they think that they're just going to be shoved aside for a DC United legend later on, like I would much rather go towards a different team to pursue. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I disagree. I think coaches, I think was like kind of coaches have to live that way. <laughs> coaches, coaches move every couple of years. It's cutthroat there. Uh, I, I think, yeah, you yes, can be replaced. But- Brian Martin has done great things yeah. with Loudon, and I don't has see he that done he... great things. They had like two wins this year, and I know they didn't have DC United to pull off, and they haven't really fully funded. Uh, but but I the coach he... that we had last time for for Loudon is now an assistant in MLS. Well, hold on, Richie Williams quit because uh, his boy he, Bruce Arena got a he had a better uh, opportunity, an easy job in New England. You're Richie right, Williams but it's gave for, up like, on that him team. leaving. Yeah, and just like casting a coach it, aside it would be because a you're like this is a flashy name for us. It, it so we're would just be a promotion for Harks. But no, 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 it would be a promotion for Martin too. If he comes on as the, the assistant, assistant coach of for Loudon? DC United. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I, you could I do that. that. I think you could do that and it would make sense for everyone. That's not what I thought you were arguing. Yeah, well I think the other thing though is um you know, Ryan Martin did come in in the middle of last season. In fact, he 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 came into Loudon before Segra Field even opened, and he had Loudon almost in a playoff push last year. This season, everybody gets a mulligan except Benelson yeah. apparently this season. This but- season also, like, 
we took everybody, right? It's not mm-hmm, even yeah. just about relying on your senior team to be sending some of the young kids down. Like we actively took the young kids and we're like, because we know that they're not going to be able to shift back and forth, we're we'll bringing them up just in case. Yeah. And that ended up being a phenomenal decision because we absolutely have used every single one of them. But it's not even like, oh, we weren't able to send something, some kids down. It's like, no, you took all the star players I was relying on, and now I have to make do with what's left. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't think we have a good index of who Ryan Martin is as a coach because I, I don't think Loudon have ever been fully funded uh, as as a as a roster. Uh, I mean, I remember talking to Richie Williams like nine days before the season started, and he had. Maybe less than that players. He might well, have had six. Yeah, that's I remember that too, right? And and that was tough because, well, I I think there were people that didn't even think that team was going to get off the ground last season. I mean, they pulled. They asked to be. They asked to pause the season, right? Didn't we yeah, ask for this to did. be our first season? Well, and, and, and they said no. And what's interesting though is with you know rumors of well not rumors with the, the MLS uh, you know development league coming back. There's already a couple teams that have said. Yep, we're out. We're we're gonna go do that. We're out of the USL, and and it could very much be because of the legalese surrounding how they got Sager Field and all that stuff. But but Loudon are not one of those teams yeah, that's no. gonna drop They'll to League that. One or to drop to the MLS Academy or you know Development League. Like they're staying in the championship, and so at some point the funding or something has got to come because you know the path Loudon are on right now. You know, yeah, you can't be bottom of. You can't be bottom of the league every year forever. It'll be bad. Like it's gonna, you know. But I will say, they landed my dude on Mustafa, and he's he's gotten some trials with with the big black and red. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's he's a good. Uh, it's such a big jump still. Uh, yeah, it is. But we've seen players do it. K, I, I talked about K and blessing. We we talked about this. Uh, the new coach at DC United probably needs to be able to get the best out of the lower side of the roster. Uh, that's been so huge. I think that's what Bob Bradley did. Uh, with LAFC, a, a special type of coach, though. Uh, th- th- yeah, you have to be a, a a coach, like an actual like coach and mentor, and not a manager. Um, you have to make players better, and uh, to have Loudon fully stood up and have all the training facilities, have all these kids coming through. I I, I think that's the direction DC United should be going. Someone who can make players better. I think that Olsen could have gotten there had he not been thrown right into DC United as well. Oh, you're talking like several years ago at the beginning. I'm talking like literally 10 years ago. If Loudon had been a thing then and we had said go to Loudon first, I think he would have developed as a coach and then maybe been able to grow into a manager. But I think, and I don't know if everyone is wanting to hear my Olsen sympathies right now. It's probably not the time. I just think that we saw sparks of him being able to like work with those young kids. Um, And maybe his, I mean, his tactics were who he was as a player and he couldn't adapt. Right. But I also think he was never like given the opportunity to learn how to do that. Well, he's, he's definitely got a role with the team. They're still trying to figure out what that is, but I think news kind of leaked this week. He might be the head of security moving forward oh, in, no. in, in, the, in the front office. Richard asked a question related. Should MLS force United's ownership to sell if they're not going to dedicate resources to the team? Can you do that first? Yeah. A uh, single entity we've seen it in basketball and we've seen it a l- not really well. I don't think we've seen an MLS really. I mean, uh, yeah. the closest thing we've seen was the crew. Yeah, crew being on a debacle, and that's. I think the league situation. had a part, and San Jose moving to Houston, and yeah. then and then a new San Jose being stood up. I, what I would say is, 
as frustrated as we are as fans because we know that we're not getting everything we should be getting into this roster, I think Levian would make a pretty easy case to say, like, look, we built a new stadium in one of the most expensive cities in the world and one of the fastest growing neighborhoods within it. We built uh, a, a USL championship team. We built a second stadium for them. We're, in theory, building a training complex. I, I don't know. Apparently, that's, like, ground to a halt. But investment is there. I think we're just all frustrated that it's not to the level we'd like to see yeah. on the field. And then just all these, all the little things that yeah. they continue to pop up and you're just like, what? That's where we're frustrated. So I, so I don't know. I guess my thought on this question is, boy, that would be, it would be a stretch. That would be a stretch. But... I, I think we, we probably have better funding than maybe half the, half the league. Uh, we have two DPs right now. We have a U.S. men's national team starter and a Peruvian national team starter. Uh, and then we have a bunch of internationals outside of that. I, I don't think this team is, uh, man, I, I have my, I get upset just as much because I think this team could be doing so much better. And I think the reach in the neighborhood would be so much better. And I think uh, we should be, the little things should be gone immediately. The, all, all these little press release, like uh, the front office being fired, the team taking PPP, uh, all that should not be happening. But I think, as far as the league, I, we're, we're definitely investing more than 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 Cincy has been, than uh, San Jose has been, than than Houston has. Like, it's it, it's not that bad it, we, on the field. It's it's been pretty dire recently, but the team has been the ownership has been trying. I think. And I'm gonna say that I hope that this is the upswing, right? Like all of the issues that we've talked about really all season are not ones that can just be fixed overnight. Um, so hopefully. And I, I, like I just said, they all kind of feed into each other. Um, so I, I hope that this is the upswing and we start to see things differently, both on and off the field. And I've, I've said it before, but I mean, talk, talk to your ticket rep, right? Like talk about these things on Twitter, really make it known um, that these are the things that you are demanding from your team because we're, we're all customers, right? And if, if we're not happy with the product, we need to be letting them know. And if we want the product to be more than just winning on the field, um, we need to let them know. Well, and that, that's as good of a transition out as we can get, Sam, because winning on the field is what this team's got to do next <laughs> weekend. That That's the end of the road. Uh, with, without a win and some help, D.C. United take on uh, Montreal here at home uh, next Sunday, and it's it's a wild, like, 3.30 kickoff, oh, wow. if I recall correctly. There was one today that was started off at 3.30. Yeah, we, and I think that's national? the... No, I think okay. that's the decision day situation. But, yeah, 3.30... Uh, it is the kickoff. Um, no, it does not appear that we have been. Uh, we could be. I guess th- this could be one of those weeks where they're, they're I just making those to... decisions at, you know, at the yeah, end. The right? 3.30 today was was on ABC, which, yeah. oh, man, DC United probably should not be on ABC right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like, um, just scrolling through ahead here, yeah, every, every game next weekend is at 3. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's not true. The Sorry, the Western Conference kickoffs are at 6. It should be all Eastern, all yeah, Western, Yeah, okay, right? so that's right. They're doing Eastern true Conference decision at, day fashion. at 3.30. And, and I, it doesn't look like uh, a game's been selected as of as of us talking right now, so um, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll play a quick game. If you're if, if you're the big media companies, right, you got Orlando City, Nashville. Both those teams have clinched. You've got Chicago, NYCFC, I don't know. Do they get to do they get to wait until the result of that game midweek? But NYCFC's in Chicago's on the fringe. NYCFC just also had a really big game. So if you're just looking for like goals scored, yeah, right? Uh, Red Bulls Toronto potentially supporter shield. Yeah, yeah, right. That could be one. Be one. 
Um, Miami, Cincinnati. Miami's got a lot of a lot of firepower right now. Cincinnati's out. You're not doing DC and Montreal is the only game with two potential playoff teams playing. Now there's I think there's a scenario where they draw and neither team makes it. But um, and then Columbus, Atlanta. Obviously Ooh. Columbus is already in. Uh, and then Philly, New England, both those teams are already in. So. I feel like it's going to be the Toronto game. It's going to be Toronto or Columbus for the supporter shield, I think. Uh, I think Columbus is still Great within job. a shot. Atlanta gets a pretty big market pull because they're, I think they're away for that game, but they have the big fan base. Uh, but we will be tuned in to DC United for sure, and, and I can't wait. I I have no hopes or aspirations, but I hope they just finish off the year on a positive note. Every aspiration, and I'm giving my entire full heart to DC United, and just asking if they don't crack it. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to it. We, we've we've gotten some feedback uh, from, from from listeners that there could be some interest in doing kind of a live watch. So we're we're gonna see if we can pull Let's something off like that. Clear, we don't have the rights to broadcast the yes. game. I just want to be crystal clear about that. We're not trying to break any laws. It, it will. It, if it, if it plays out the way that I picture it in my head, it will look very much like your screen looks right now with potentially some graphics on the side with, with live scores, and, and we'll just you know, kind of have mics on and games on and be talking through it. But, yeah, we uh, f- fair play to Sam there. Unfortunately, we do not we're, – we're not that big yet. We don't have the yeah. rights to, yeah. to retransmit uh, games. <laughs> um, but I love it. I love that there's the interest. If you're interested, please let us know if you're like that is – the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Please also let us know, right? But we, I, we I take just, negative criticism. We give enough of it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I just love like the comments that come in on Twitter, and I'm even the one who reads them, right? But I just they're they're so great, and I love interacting with you all in that way. Um, so that, thinking about like watching a game together, um, in this crazy way is the only way possible. I love it. Yeah, make sure you bring some beers, uh, and hopefully <laughs> it's it. Look, it could potentially be the last time we. Uh, See the black be. and red this year. It'll be the last time. It is the last time beer. we will ever see that ugly white <laughs> kit. Um, could oh, be to God. have been Let's today. Hope so it's so bad. Uh, I doubt DC United are home all the way through the playoffs. So if they make that, we That's could see a reappearance. Um, I'm most mad at the shorts. Yeah, silver shorts. <laughs> Get a new design. Silver? That's very generous. Yeah, gray charcoal. Gray. Accidentally washed with a black sock. I think shorts. That's it. Yeah. Before we wrap, we'll give a shout out to our friends at Across the Pond. And if you want to see Sam and I in the flesh, uh, we'll probably be there tomorrow watching <laughs> Leeds Leicester uh, at at, uh, at around three o'clock. Possibly for are, the Giants, depending on how much you're drinking. Yeah, I, I don't know. Are we allowed to give a shout out at who who might be joining us? Uh, probably not. We'll talk about it like next week. <laughs> Surprise guest. <laughs> Sam might have a special date, and uh, you can see it in in person at Across the Pond. But if you don't want to come tomorrow. Um, you can always hit up our friends at Across the Pond using the promo code podcast for 5% off your order, uh, whether that's in person or, or to go. So we appreciate the support they've given us this year. And the uh, Leeds Leicester game is on at 3 tomorrow, which is also yeah. when their happy hour starts. So sure is. just for that. We'll I'll be, be working. Like Hopefully it's happy American. for one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's good. No, it's definitely going to be me. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, one of the craziest games this season, uh, but DC United go into decision day with a chance to make the playoffs. And, and I, I gotta be honest. I think that's all we could ask for a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll do it again next weekend right here on tried and true. The DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. <laughs>